Hello, hello, planetary assassins. We're going to be covering Genesis 4, where Cain kills Abel, the first murder. And I'm with Mark, and we're going to be talking a lot about um, the storyline and hopefully get to Genesis 5, the genealogy, which is an interesting chapter, even though it just lists a bunch of names, but there are some interesting things that we can talk about. So, uh, hi, Mark. How are you? Doing pretty good. I'm going to start with... Genesis 4. Oh, can I say, first of all, um, yeah, I mean, Genesis 1 through 3 is just so foundational to the entire uh, rest of the Bible, So, which we, we've covered already. But uh, it really has set up the uh, storyline almost for the rest of the Bible, especially uh, both, well, both the Old and New Testaments. We had the promise of, a, uh, of the Messiah, basically, in Genesis 3.15. And it introduced this concept of um, the seed of the woman who is going to be kind of at war, basically, with the seed of the serpent, which, uh, you know, and, and we're going we're gonna to continue those themes in this uh, Genesis chapter 4, continues the story of these uh, two seeds. And we're going to see, is this a uh, kind of a physical seed or is this more of a spiritual seed chapters four and five kind of tell the uh continuing story of these two different groups of people yeah you made a very good point i was actually thinking that you know that definitely genesis especially chapter one and two are very foundational and now we're kind of getting into little stories of all the sin and they're going to keep multiplying as we go through the bible but i wanted to share this scripture as to why we're doing what we're doing uh, in Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. So that was kind of my reasoning as to why I think we should go chapter by chapter. I, I try to relate everything of the Bible as a living Bible of what's happening today, because the same stuff is keeps repeating over and over and over. But I thought it would be good to at least kind of take the past and the present and merge it together. So do you want to start? Yeah, absolutely. Here? All right, let's just get into it here. Cain and Abel, chapter four, Adam had relations. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, I'm just not used to that translation. <laughs> That's a good one, though. Adam had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain and said, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. Then she gave birth again to his brother Abel. It's interesting that relations uh, in the King James Version is, is new, but they don't outright like say, I guess relation is closely related to sex, right? Yeah, new. Yeah, the, yeah that's what it means, basically. You know, and then, I mean, the interesting thing might be, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And that's actually the name of, uh, that's Yahweh. Mm -hmm. And um, now that might, that's one of the first time that that word even shows up. That's a whole different story. There's different name. God is known by different names, especially in the book of Genesis. Um, but that's a whole nother uh, story, I think. But uh, yeah, I think in Moses, um doesn't God tell Moses, like, that's mm. what I want to be called, Yahweh? But it's interesting yeah. when I Google uh, in Bible Gateway, Yahweh, the word Yahweh doesn't exist in any of the translations, which is... Well, they, yeah, they changed it to Lord. Um, 
capital, you know, the, with the capital letters. And there, there's a re, you know, they, they kind of, uh, they didn't have the vowels. So, you know, you know, I've, I've even asked a Jewish Hebrew teacher from Israel, like, how do you pronounce the name? And, you know, he didn't know, he, he got a little bit nervous and he's not even religious or anything, but, mm -hmm. uh, they don't like to talk about this. Uh, so they, they call him, uh, Elo, they don't even say Elohim. They say Elohim. Was it Adonai or, uh, Yehovah? They kind of just get work around it. And even Yahweh's not going to be correct, but nobody knows what it is. You know, a lot of people yeah. claim to know exactly how to say it, but, you know, they, I think it's kind of just a, uh, you know, in different languages, nobody can say my name in other countries correctly you know, or the way we say it in America, right? It's like if you go to other countries, they cannot pronounce your name the way you're used to because every language is different. My and, name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, even, even where you live, maybe people can't say your name. So it's like, you know, God understands we're trying to, uh, you know, relate to him. He doesn't require... Salvation doesn't require us knowing ancient Hebrew. <laughs> well, <laughs> definitely his name not. Is, you know, because... even Jesus, you know, the name of Jesus, the letter J was just introduced a few hundred years ago, and the King James was written in kind of an older form of English that didn't have a few of the letters we use now. And it was an I, right? Everywhere in the world, uh, Jesus's name is not pronounced with a J. It's it's like an I sound, like from the Greek, Isus in Greek. That's how the Bible tells us Jesus's name. In Greek, they don't even say it in Hebrew or Aramaic, so um, people get bogged down in these things and they get all angry and stuff. But that's not really what we're supposed to be doing. But this might be. A, but but your point about Moses and they said the people in the past didn't know me by this name Yahweh, and then you see it written in Genesis as Yahweh early on. There's a lot of debate about that, but probably is that whoever wrote Genesis, most likely Moses, by the point, by the time he's writing this, he knew his name. Depending the writer of Genesis knew the name of you. Yeah. Pronunciation, that's all fine. But the, you know, like most of the world now is going to be reading an English translation of one of these translations. So not in China. Huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, however, it's written, whether it's in Chinese or English, that's the pronunciation that we're going to go with, right? It's not like... Yeah, yeah, they're going to speak their own language. Yeah, so our language in English, I mean, I have to go with how the word says it, you know, like, especially the story of Moses, yeah. where God told him, my name is Yahweh. Now, I know they've been changing the words around. Which I don't think they should have done that. They should have just left it. Yeah, yeah. It's useful to know, like when when does it say Yahweh? When does it say uh, something else? You know, right. El, El Shaddai. It's you know, and then you, you really kind of have to look at the Hebrew or do some word study on that to to get behind the words. And and that's that you know that happens for a lot of stuff. Uh, I always look at the original languages. Um, you know, even though I'm you know I'm not like an expert in those languages, but I, I know a little bit. I know enough to kind of. I'd be able to use them but this is you know because um yeah so whoever so moses most likely the writer of this he knew the name of yahweh you know by the time he was writing this but it's possible that adam and eve didn't know him because it says he, nobody knew me by this name before it could be in talking about his character but that's a bit of a side story um but i wonder what adam up. and eve did call yeah, yeah, maybe it was Yahweh, and then people forgot about it later on, you know. 
It's quite possible. And actually, I didn't flood. even mention that in the earlier chapters, like what Adam and Eve call them. And they must have lived yeah. with God for a while before they sinned. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of means I am, basically. That's really what it, it means. I am. You're like, I am, I am the uncreated one. Right. You know, I'm the eternal one. I'm not a part. I'm not created. Uh, I am the creator. That kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. I mean, God seems to refer himself into a lot of different uh characteristic like alpha yeah. the beginning and the end you know Re reveals him his nature is revealed yeah. over time to different people now this is a tragedy by the way but, uh, <laughs> and abel was a keeper of flocks yeah but cain, cain was a tiller of the ground in the course of time cain brought an offering to the lord of the fruit of the ground Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions, and the Lord had respect for Abel and for his offering. But for Cain and for his offering, he did not have respect. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. Here, a lot of people wonder why they didn't, why God didn't accept Cain's offering. And I was actually asked this very question a long time ago from an old friend. And she was Jewish, and she, you know, she said, "I can't get past the Bible because I don't understand why would God reject Cain's offering because he brought the fruits from the ground." Or it was like a grain offering, yeah, or you know, right. vegetation is a produce. So why? Why? And I know later on, um, Hebrews the Bible tells answers us. that question. Eleven but, four Hebrews eleven four. There, yeah. there's three passages that talk about Cain in the New Testament that we can talk about at some point. Not this one. Let's go. Let's go to one John later, if you want, because there's a there's a there's a big like at the end. One John has quite a few quite a few things that are uh, important. This, this one right here. So by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain offered. Through this, he was approved as righteous, with God testifying concerning his gifts. He still speaks through his faith, though he is dead. So basically, you're supposed to offer the first fruits or the best. The best, you're supposed to give God your best, your best stuff. And Abel did that. Abel gave him the best of what he had, and um, which would also be like the most expensive, the highest quality stuff. And Cain also, did not. Cain was just going through the motions. He did the offering, but it wasn't the best of what he had. See, it says uh, Abel brought the firstborn of his flock and that's what you're supposed to do yeah, but it Cain, also seems like there's more to the story of Cain just brought an offering yeah the old thing he gave him he gave him the leftovers Cain gave god the leftovers and Cain is see we we Cain's character is revealed through this narrative as we continue as well but he's selfish and greedy and um yeah, he's just kind of a mean guy unrighteous he's selfish like he's yeah he's not he's not trusting in god he's not giving god um everything he's not trusting and relying on god so i want to go back a little bit on what it also said in john one john three because this is kind of a, a serious um uh, and a very important passage here yeah one john chapter three verse eight is really where, where the whole idea begins but that's that's a bit of a longer thing. Cain is verse eleven. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning: we should love one another, not like Cain. So I guess he wasn't a loving person. Well, well, he killed his brother. 
Yeah, who was wicked one and murdered his brother. Of the wicked. He was of the wicked one, Satan. He was of Satan. So that's a, a serpent seed kind of idea, which again, I think is a spiritual thing. But he was of, uh, you know, of his father, the devil, who was a murderer from the beginning, a liar, right? That kind of thing. But it so, seems so he, to be that it has to be spiritual because it both came out of the same mother as brothers, right? And Cain was... Yeah, well, 1 John 3, verse 8 to 12 reveals that it is a spiritual thing. But we, we can talk about that later if you want. Yeah. Um, okay. So well, let's get to the murder if you want. Um, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? See, he didn't repent, right? He, he just got angry. Like God says, hey, man, you, you got to give me the good stuff. And then Cain, just, his response is anger, Not uh, he's not teachable, really, at least so far. Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, shall you not be accepted? But if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to dominate you, but you must rule over it. And where is the sin coming from? That's probably from the evil one, right? The satanic influence is, is waiting there to... See, he, he didn't put himself under the protection of God... Because he didn't give him the uh, his best uh, offering, he just kind of went through the motions, and he didn't have God's protection. He's not under the rule of God; he's under the rule of Satan by default. It's kind of like still happening now. Eve, right, where she was tempted, and he's kind yeah. of his own. Like he wants to do his own thing, and then he got exactly. jealous. Yeah. yeah, he's doing his own thing. He, he's he's uh, he he just doesn't quite. Uh, Get how, yeah, it's very similar to the Eve story. He he was tested and tempted by the devil, and uh, and then what happens? Cain told his brother. He, Cain told Abel his brother, and it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Yeah, I mean, in, instead of uh, I mean, it's 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 pretty crazy if you think about it. I mean, so this is the first generation of children, and they kill each other, right? Brother kills yeah, brother, which which doesn't even happen that much today. Maybe once in a while, but uh, a brother like killing brother his own killing brother. brother? <laughs> yeah, I actually you know, have literally. a video of today's version of that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, but uh, so so yeah, I mean his uh, his response was the opposite of repentance. At least so far, he's killing the right. And Abel is righteous, right? Abel is con considered righteous, so he's jealous. He's just got all kinds of. Every every negative human quality you can have is uh, represented here by Cain, and this is not how, you know, this is not the way it, things were supposed to go originally, right? So it's like the wheat and the tear are already represented. Mm, exactly, yeah, and you can almost see see this as a kind of a worship, like um, you know they must have been told to do this at some point, you know, make yeah, offerings uh, for God. Yeah, I mean it's like a little service, you know. Uh, they're making an offering to God, and um, yeah, but the fact so, so. that they were told one disobeyed and the other didn't, you know, like the same thing that happened with Adam and Eve. They had that first commandment, and these guys, I think, all they had to do was bring in their offering, and yet one is, you know, not really truthful or following the command. Abel brought the, brought the first fruits. Cain just brought an offering. So he was just going through the religious motions. It, yeah. it was kind of superficial, and his heart was uh, his heart was not in the right place. And God saw through that. Now we're at the murder. Yeah. So he killed his brother. The Lord said to Cain, "Where's Abel, your brother?" And obviously, God knows what's happened, but he's uh, 
kind of, you know, he's working with Cain to try to uh, try to get him to repent or something. He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? So he's lying right there. Cain knows where he is. He's lying. Right? He's well, lying first... to God. <laughs> and so, like, yeah. we got the first murder, the first lie. So, like, the the sin is compounding. Oh, yeah. And, and then he said, what have you done? Now, who's he? That must be a God. The, vo the voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me. That's interesting. From the ground. You know, blood, blood's a whole other topic as well. You know, blood is used for, uh, is it like a cleansing agent to clean the temple and all these sacrifices and stuff? And now they're saying blood is crying out to me. Now, is that just uh, metaphorical? Is it literally, you know? Well, I think it says the spirit is still there. Like, although he killed his body, the soul, the spirit. Mm. I guess like or, or what he did the the evil yeah the the sin is still the the ramifications of that sin is still there because that's how it is like if you if you murder someone yeah the event is finished but the consequences of that event or the injustice kind of goes on right and um, their spirit is released from the body I mean um, you know before this point we didn't really know where the spirit goes right after someone dies. Now, was this the first death as well, Abel? Uh, yeah. He's the first death, isn't he? Yep. And yeah, it's the first death in the Bible. I think it has probably big significance on not only the, you know, the story of blood throughout the Bible, but the spirit that's now disconnected from the body that the mortality, you know, the immortality is gone. And now that we have to deal with decay and death. And I do think that Abel was crying out to God after, mm. you know, from mm. whatever. Yeah, yeah, his his, uh, his soul, his spirit, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we see that in other places as well. Revelation, we see that. Right, uh, now you are cursed. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to oh. say he was also snarky up there. I don't know. I'm, am I the brother's <laughs> keeper? That's like yeah. something new, right? Yeah, like he's, he's got an attitude problem. God. Yeah, this this dude uh, Kane is he's got some serious problems. Um, <laughs> he's a bit of a rebel. <laughs> yeah, it's like and, okay. Uh, well. Now you are cursed. So I think this is the first curse for a person. Satan was cursed, or the serpent was cursed, and now 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 uh, Cain is also cursed. And some of his descendants will be cursed as well. In fact, his, most of his descendants are cursed. Now you are cursed from the ground, which opened up his mouth, its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. So the the, the blood goes in the ground, and now and now Cain is cursed because because uh, he makes a living from the ground. Like he's he's contaminated his own the soil which is how he uh, how he does his work. From now on, when you till the ground, it will not yield for you its best. You will be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Whoa. Yeah, see, yeah. he contaminated the ground that he worked on with his brother's blood, with his own sin and uh, wickedness, all because he wouldn't, he wouldn't give God his best. And then he, he would have been blessed, right? There's blessings and cursings. Right. All throughout the Bible, you know, and he was cursed instead of blessed. Well, Abel was blessed, but Abel was, a, he's kind of the first martyr as well, right? He's a martyr. He was killed by the seed of the serpent. They're at war. The war has begun.
Well, the war has definitely begun. I mean, it's interesting that, you know, since uh, Adam and all life was created from the dust of the ground or the ground, and now he just cursed uh, the ground that he made a living from. Uh, so, the, so like the blood went into the ground, the, you know, because uh, God already had judgment against Adam and Eve to toil for all their work after that, right? But now this is like specific judgment just to Cain and all his works that's going to be from the ground, even though he's going to be a fugitive and wanderer on the earth. Like he doesn't even need that ground that he was raising his crops. What do you think it means by that, though? Like the curse, the ground, but he's not even going to be around to do anything. Well, it's, I think it's the whole, uh, it says when from now on, when you till the ground, it could refer to all the ground that he's going to be he on. touches. So like he is cursed. Yeah, like he's cursed. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's a wanderer. So we don't know exactly where he's going to go. In the word Nod, by the way, we're told that he goes to the land of Nod. But that word actually means uh, wanderer. So it's kind of a play on words. There's a lot of that yeah. in the Hebrew. So he's he might the land of Nod might not even be a real place. It just means he's off wander. He's a wanderer now. He's and then he eventually starts uh, cities and stuff. But uh, but towards the end, it does say I'm jumping ahead. Which is land of Nod, east of Eden. So something existed. That's true. That's true. East. east. Of Eden. He went east. Um, all right. Let's go to thirteen. 13. Then Cain said to the Lord, um, but again, I, I believe that's Yahweh, my punishment is more than I can bear. You have driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from your face I will be hidden, or from your face will I be hidden, and I will be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. And now he's so, all worried. The other thing is interesting with this story is that uh, Eve had originally two sons, Abel line was completely cut off because he was killed. So we only have, at this point, Cain. And then God didn't take judgment on him to, like, kill him. Or, like, he's still protecting him and taking care of him. Like, his judgment, like, yeah. he didn't have jail or anything. But well, yeah. Dead. Yeah, he was kind of sent off. Um, so there's, and well, right here, they kind of talk about that. So the Lord said to him, therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. Then the Lord put a mark upon Cain so that no one finding him would kill him. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. So they still have the presence of the Lord available to them. But now Cain is banished from that, from the ground he was uh, you know, from the place he grew up, he's kind of kicked out, just like Adam was kicked out yeah. of the Garden of Eden. He's kicked out of this place here, and um, all and now it is. It it does seem like God is protecting. I think you know God doesn't want people to murder Cain because that's just more murder. You know, God God is really the ultimate justice. That's why you know we're now we're not supposed to go around killing people who persecute us. Did you notice that? God put a mark on Cain. Do you think it's like a physical mark or a spiritual mark? It could be both. If there, yeah, if it's physical, that that would kind of mean that people would see him and know not to mess with him. You know, for the yeah. for the purpose of other people to see him uh, to see it visibly, um, but also spiritually that he's kind of protected supernaturally mm -hmm. somehow. It's hard to tell. Um, it could be a sign. You know, a mark, a sign. You know, like what? What about this mark prevents people from attacking him? You could still attack a guy who had a who had some kind of tattoo or markings on him, right? 
you could still yeah. but but i guess you can't though you know it's it may is it a supernatural thing we do see uh there's many places in the bible where people are marked or put there's a sign on their forehead from both from well, god and from the beast right yeah the beast uh, you know i think satan is taking this exact situation here and then marking humanity with his mark that's going to be ultimately mark of the beast so yeah yeah I think this yeah. is kind of important here that you know god mentions a mark on a human being where people have to react to that you know one way or the other yeah so there's some, there is something uh, significant about that and also god is kind of um you know yeah he he doesn't just kill cain he allows him to to live on even though cain's obviously an unrighteous person a wicked person now there may be a bit of uh, you know now Cain is not happy about this situation he doesn't want to be punished like this but he is he's being punished and, and he um, gets he to have a family line he has a whole line now coming up with all kinds yeah, of yeah 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 so, why, so maybe why that, that's just continue to have a family oh well that's spreading uh, his uh wickedness that's easy that's a um I just came across that the other day and in, in numbers there's a verse I can find it later. Um, in the book of Numbers, they're fighting against all these evil uh, tribes and stuff. And it says, God says, God leaves some of them alive. Why? To test the Israelites and to teach them war, to teach them how to fight, and um, and to test them, basically. And the in the other book of Numbers, thing it tells yeah. Was that, you know how people say that the Cain line is like all the wicked line or something, and... Um, yeah but we know that he gives birth to enoch and e god liked enoch no, well no no there's two enoch but isn't this this enoch that no that's enoch the evil <laughs> is it okay we'll, we'll see it yeah 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 okay. there, there's there are a lot of them have similar names actually um but you know god god allows evil i mean till this day right there's a reason there's a reason god allows evil to exist he didn't kill satan he does lock him in the abyss uh, in Revelation twenty, but um, which probably happened at the at the cross after the cross. But, uh, but it, it's not just allowing Cain to exist; it's everyone after him that he gave birth to. Like a whole tree is born right here of Cain tree, you know. So if he's that wicked, or even if God is protecting him, how come he allowed a whole family? to come out of Cain that's still going on today. Well the flood well, well the flood came and wiped out oh, everybody yeah. from this right. whole generation. Okay. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. We'll, we're gonna see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'll find that verse in numbers. It's it's pretty clear. Where are we? Here? Is are we here already? You know? Cain <laughs> had relations with his wife. And so they, of course oh, oh, oh we gotta talk about this. Have you have you have you heard about the uh I think they call it the gap theory and the in the pre the pre-Adamic race. Have you heard about yeah. that one? Oh man, I haven't heard of it. I mean, I heard the gap theory, but I don't really know. Uh, about I, I, it. Yeah, no offense to people who believe it, but uh, <laughs> see, you know, you know, in the internet, you just find all this. You know, see, the 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 crazier or the more these, these alternative theories get a lot of attention, right? Everyone loves the alternative theories. Yeah. 
um you know and i want to try to you know i I respect their views you know i I want to try to be kind you know we we have to respectfully disagree sometimes with with all the different theories we uh we come across but there's one i I think it's a bit dangerous i can i see can i um let's just say secret societies right i need a little code word for that yeah um some people in the esoteric traditions and the secret societies they believe a lot of the stuff that you see these bible teachers teaching or these uh, you know online people teaching um but the, you know this pre-adamic race like like basically what they're saying is that adam and eve were not the first two people yes you know which, which i think is is not a good idea to, to start no it's very and it's a very good point <laughs> i want you to remember this uh for the next chapter because that's exactly what i when i was researching the uh, what the secular people are saying, like the origins of man. So they, in their own long history, and a lot of videos go over that, they claim exactly what you said, that um, there were different races, or not races, species of humans. Yeah. Before Adam and Eve, and, you know, like millions, billions, and so on. But they actually categorize not only like Homo sapiens, but Neanderthals and other kinds of I don't know what they call them, like human species or something. But I do want to go over that in the next chapter because I exactly what you said, because according to the Bible, all man started from Adam and Eve. There are no other humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they get this pre-Adamic race because because it comes up right here, in fact. So like where did where did Cain's wife come from? Right. So then they'll say, Oh, there must have been a whole race of people. It's like, no, they're talking about one woman. That's it. <laughs> He had, there's one woman. It doesn't say where he met her or when. Well, it doesn't say when. And then Adam and Eve, uh, later on, it does say they had sons and daughters. Yeah, there was, there was people there already. They all came from Adam and Eve. They had lots of children and they had children and they had children. So they, you know, there there may have been technically a bit of inbreeding going on. But what choice did they have? I mean, what choice did they have? Right. They had no other choice, really. There's no other way to go about that, <laughs> you know. At least a cousin or whatever, a niece or an, you know, there's something, you know. But that kind of I mean, stuff still goes on in the royal I mean, families, right? Thousands of years, you know, at least up to a thousand in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Get shorter and shorter. So, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of time for them to procreate. And here it says he knew, you know, he he uh, had relations with his wife. It doesn't say where he met his wife. He doesn't say he met his wife in the land of Nod and she was part of some other race outside of Adam and Eve. You know what I mean? So, uh, no. so again, yeah, this pre-Adamic race or this alternative race theory, that just gets really... Uh, unbiblical and um then it then it even becomes uh you know unethical oh it's that's how all all the false doctrines kind of end up in something fairly twisted and evil actually if you think about it yeah not only by christian scholars but then also the secular because if you look at all their teachings it's insane you know they have like the tree of man going in all for millions and millions of years and if that's what the kids are learning then then you know none of this is going to make sense to them because they they're always going to ask questions like well where did Cain get his wife and then there has to be more people if you prove one thing is false then really the whole bible has to be false too right so which is really what they want to do 
There, the, some people just have that spirit. Their whole their whole life's mission is to prove the Bible false. Yeah. But all these other secret societies and all these guys, they, you know, they read the Bible. They they think of it. Um, uh, what's the word? They you know um, metaphorically or uh, allegorically. It's allegory. Like they believe these were not these were either real people, but this is all kind of fiction or they're not real people, people at all, or they're spiritual beings. And there's all kinds of wacky theories about these, uh, Bible stories that, uh, you know, it's best just to, you know, th these are historical people and these are, uh, in fact, these genealogies, you know, in the book of Matthew and, and such in the new Testament, you see them as well, where they're, they're basically in the, in the, the, the uh, descendants of Jesus. Right. Yeah, I, th I think, you know, because I've seen a couple of charts where if you follow all these people and their chronology, you can go all the way up to Jesus. And then we know from Jesus' time frame to today, like the whole calendar system is based on after death and before death. We can know up, if we can, you know, trace it all the way to Jesus, then we pretty much can uh, no, like we're all less than so many, you know, thousands of years, not millions. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. All right. So let's, should we continue? Uh, so yeah. Cain had relations with his wife and she conceived and gave birth to Enoch. So this is the first Enoch of in, in Cain's line. There's another Enoch later on. He okay. built a city. He, he Now, who is he? Is it Enoch or Cain? I don't know. He built a city, probably Cain. Mm. He, he built a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. Yeah, so, so that's Cain. Cain built the city. Yeah. Enoch was born Erod, and Erod was the father of Mehujael, and Mehujael was the father of Methushael, and Methushael. Now notice the E-L at the end, That's that means God, and was the father of Lamech. I wish some of these names were like today, <laughs> so you could follow like where the heck they came from. But most of these biblical names uh, in the Old Testament. Well, they're in Hebrew, but the yeah. E L at the end of the name is you know L is a, it means God. Um, so, and uh, I think but it could mean it could mean any God. And these names probably were meant something, right? Significant. They do mean something. Yeah, yeah. They all the all the Hebrew names have a meaning. Uh, um, I don't necessarily know them all offhand, but uh, yeah. you can look that up. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, and they all relate to the character revealed to us in these narratives. You know, uh, they all, they all, they're always quite interesting. Um, now here, now here, what's going on here with Lamech? So this is a few generations later, right? Yeah, and he took on in, in the line of Cain. Now, what's Lamech doing? Is he doing something wrong here? <laughs> he, took, he took two wives. Yeah. <laughs> Once it's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time now they're like catering to their flesh, right? Because no yeah, well, maybe, yeah, maybe not the first time. I think Eve did it, and Cain oh, yeah, did it too. Right. But I mean, Cain was selfish. Marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is polygamy. This is the first polygamy, which yeah. is a lot. Like people did that a lot back then, but it's not the ideal at all. And, and uh, the other thing is, yeah. like, God is allowing this history to happen, even oh, though yeah, yeah. knows. God, like, well, God allowed me to sin, right? <laughs> God allowed us oh, to do man. all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um, but he established that marriage uh, covenant in, was it one or two, where he says, um, man shall yeah. leave his wife. Well, these guys don't care. Yeah, these guys are off on their own. This line right. of Cain, 
they are not uh they don't know they don't even know god anymore it seems like you know like they they've forgotten about god they're in a different land you know these are not god's people right here these people are doing this is the city of man in fact yeah these I people know, are, are are exalting themselves self this is the selfish uh group of people here their history is yeah. so young and they still forgotten that's what's amazing they've forgotten god already yeah. yeah oh yeah these guys are off on their own doing their own thing trying to become gods themselves in a way right trying to start their empire their cities in fact this is the world we live in today are basically this kind of people right here that's created all our you know the society we live in and all this stuff is these people who don't care about god at all they don't they have no ethics they just care about themselves and care about money and power you know that this is the world we live in today in fact oh right? yeah it's like we're so far removed from god luckily oh, yeah, you know like yeah. we do have his word and many continue to believe in it but the time frame that you know in this where these guys were to where we are now i mean sin has like is unmeasurable now you know yeah, and but but in the story so far, it's it's not like it's so bad. It's not incredibly evil, right. but they're 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 off the path. You know, they're off doing their own thing, and then we're going to see it escalate over the course of chapters four, five, and six. We're going to see like how it as it escalates in six. Oh yeah, which is it's similar continuing. similar to what's going on now. We're doing yeah. another Genesis six kind of thing now, but so he he got these two wives. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other was Zillah. Ada gave birth to Yabal, Jabal, and was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. So, so, you know, this is history, right? They're teaching people history with these stories. And there's this group of people now who live in tents and have livestock, according, you know, in these, at, at this generation when the book is written. So this almost sounds like Arabs or something. I don't know. But, uh, but this verse is very important because a lot of the teachings that they tell you that we all became early humans were Neanderthal-like. They didn't uh, think yeah. they like invented uh, fire and made the wheel, you know, like, and they had these cavemen. The Bronze Age, right? the Iron Age, all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. But this is the telling you they were farmers, they were herders, whatever. Like they dwelled in and they made tents. So they were not like stupid cave people right they were very intelligent there's kind of like nomads it sounds like and yeah. uh, you, you know the uh, you know the piltdown man thing where they said oh we found the missing link in evolution between monkeys and humans right. and yeah. then 50 years later they they admitted oh that's just an orangutan skull but everyone's <laughs> people love the idea of evolution because there's no god involved right and it's exactly. a myth all these scientific theories are actually myths and everyone thinks oh it's science so it must be true but no there's no there's it's no proof for most of what they time. say. There's no proof at all. Yep. Well, the other thing is that, like, I feel like all these stories are telling us that they were much better human beings, not in their spirit, but in their physical nature, than, like, we are the copies of the copies of the copies of the copies to where our lifespan is shorter and shorter and shorter. Well, and that God, that's uh, God did that. Yeah. Genesis 6. But you'll start to notice, like, even without god capping it to 120 years each generation their lifespan got shorter i think yeah. the whole theory of like trying to explain cavemen like they were just very stupid people that lived in caves and did like no language skills no they so here all this established that there was language skills they had 
uh, other mm -hmm. skills to survive. They were basically doing the same thing except without technology, you know, um, but they were able to They're do They're basically it. as smart as we are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's no like evolution of intelligence. These people were uh, just as smart as we are. Right. Or maybe even better because they had yeah, smarter. a body. Yeah. Yeah. There's this whole evolution thing. It's been beaten into our heads part of our cultural mythology yeah, and indoctrination. And it's, it's hard to get that out of your brain completely. You know, there's a lot of stuff that we've been taught, you know, dinosaurs. That's another way to yeah. get children interested in the billions and billions of years. The earth is not that old. So they, they had to give us, Oh, the earth, the earth is billions of years old. So they had to give us that first. And then all these, then they give us all these narratives and then they say that's real and this is false. Right. But no, it's the opposite. The Bible is true. And everything and else false. is false. Yeah. The world is false. The world is full of lies, but they kind of outnumber us. Yeah. <laughs> so we're the weirdos. We're like Abel. We're getting, you know, attacked by <laughs> them. Um, but it's, it's, it goes back to Satan. You know, Satan is part of these. These are the uh, serpent seed. Yeah. These are the serpent seed. That's why um, this book is so important. I, you know, like without really understanding this book. Uh, it'll be hopeless for the rest of the books. Oh, now here's a good one. His brother's name, uh, verse 21, his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all those who play the harp and the flute. Right. Now, I think my translation's, uh, what is my, oh, my translation says all those who play the lyre and the pipe. <laughs> yeah, but these are now musical instruments, which are technical. Yeah. They're not like, you know, a man. Yeah, so the lyre, the, the the harp is a. It's like I got an acoustic guitar back there. That's it's the same thing basically. Um, yeah, jubilee, right? We get the word jubilee or whatever. The this is this guy invented the uh, music. Now there's extra biblical lit literature that says it was the fallen angels who came down and taught people all this technology. Yeah, but up yeah. until this point, these guys are learning it. From God, not from the fallen. Well, I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't know if God is teaching these guys because these guys really don't seem to have a relationship with God. You know what I mean? No, but I mean like the skills, like it has to come from God. God's, God made. Well, it's we have the ability to do these things, but uh, it doesn't tell us how, you know. So this guy's the father of the musical instruments, but it doesn't tell him who taught him the music. Yeah. God, I mean, God invented music because the angels sing in heaven. Right. So, so music was there already, but these guys, I don't know if God is teaching them because they're not using it for worship or for God necessarily. Zilla gave birth to Tubal Cain. There's the word Cain again, a forger of every tool of bronze and irons, probably including weapons as well. Right. Yeah, warfare. and they're getting more sophisticated. They're now. Um, yeah. In fact, you know, the well, we're going to be talking about Enoch, but you know, the Book of Enoch, it's not canonical. Obviously, I don't think it should be, but it does. That's that's where you get the stories of the uh, fallen angels teaching oh, people right. these things. But they, this technology. This, yeah, I do remember that. But I think up until yeah, this point, they haven't entered the picture yet. Like God hasn't talked about well, fallen angels until like what is it six or something? Where they well, that's yeah. Well, that's when they started to uh, have relations with women. Right. But maybe it's possible they came before that to teach people stuff because these people would have been religious somehow, right? They they would have had false uh, gods because especially yeah, back then they were, we're talking we're talking th four thousand years ago or five you know four and a half no no this is five thousand years this yeah. is five five and a half thousand years ago. 
before the flood or you know close and, and uh, these people would have had some kind of you know some kind of uh, religious activity but it would have been the, the what we would call paganism worshiping which is basically worshiping fallen angels i think that's where it started well demons, you know they, they were taught these things yeah the, so. later on in the bible says that all the false religions you're really worshiping demons yeah so. yeah so they were uh you know they were worshiping demons they were getting uh they had different god i think they had different gods at this point because they yeah. kind of walked away from uh from the lord you know and uh doing yeah, their they own thing they didn't even have to be demons because they could have just worshipped the sky, the sun, whatever, you know, as a yeah, secular yeah. people always like to do. The creation. Yeah. Where do, <laughs> where do demons Themselves. come? Isn't it like uh, Well, let's talk about that later. Later, okay. yeah, Genesis. Let's talk about Genesis 6. Um, yeah, because I don't think we can assume anything here what they're worshipping. Not really. Yeah. But there's something, though. That's something. Lamech said to his wives... Ada and Zillah, hear my voice, you wives of Lamech, and listen to my speech. So this is, wait, is this the same uh, Lamech? Lamech, this is the Lamech with two wives. Yeah. For I have killed a man for wounded me, a young man who hurt me. If Cain will be avenged sevenfold, then truly Lamech seventy-sevenfold. So here's another murderer, right? This yeah. guy's a descendant of Cain, and now he killed somebody. And and, um, and, and avenged. <laughs> Well, there's this kind of arrogance, like, oh, I killed somebody. And what's he saying here? Is he saying, um, I need to be protected and nobody can harm me? Is that kind of what he's saying? Yeah, because he's saying, well, if God protect, you know, if Cain can be <laughs> sevenfold, well, then I surely can be 77-fold. So he thinks uh, even more privileged than maybe yeah. he is. You know, he probably, uh, it sounds like the other guy, so that he was wounded by somebody, right? That happens to us yeah. sometimes. Um, so in his mind, he's justified it. He's like, yeah, that guy deserved it. And nobody can yeah. ever tell me otherwise. It's so, not yeah, so, self-defense. It's like, it, all it says is. Yeah, it's revenge. It's vengeance. Yeah. And same with Cain and Abel kind of too. And so, and so this guy, yeah. So the, the human nature, you can see that the corruption of human nature is uh, getting worse. The, the arrogance and the yeah. evil. And the uh, just lack of um, any kind of uh, spiritual uh, guidance or ethics, you know, um, continues. Well, they're far removed the from God of, at this point. And we're going to see the line. The line of Seth is is different than this. Yeah. A lot more righteous. Oh, there, now Adam comes back again. So mm -hmm. here's Adam had relations with his wife again, and she had another son and called his name Seth. Oh, there's Seth right there. Seth, yeah. for she said, God has granted me another offspring instead of Abel because Cain killed him. So to Seth also was born a son, and he called his name Enosh. At, okay, at that time, men began to call on the name of the Lord. Okay, so, so uh, they suddenly realized that God, they needed God. Well, yeah, and Seth, Seth is kind of like, uh, this is kind of the seed of the woman, right? And, the, and the, if you go back to Genesis three um, three fifteen, let's just look at that real quick. If I don't, I can just, yeah. I mean, let's just read it to remind ourselves. Um, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between the serpent, between Satan and the woman. There's going to be some hostility there. That's, that's kind of the warfare, and between your offspring and her offspring, right? So there's going to be enmity. This hostility between the the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman, 
Right. And he shall bruise your head. He shall crush your head is really what it says. He shall crush your head. The seed of the woman will crush your head. And that's ultimately that's Jesus. Yeah. And you shall bruise his heel. And if think about it, if a snake bites your heel, it could be a poisonous snake. Yeah. Stings you with venom. <laughs> well, it seems so it's still it's a serious metaphorically like the snake will, you know, tempt people or people sin. Yeah. It's like the snake is always after their heel, that's the farthest he can go. But all the righteous and you don't see it people, coming. Yeah, and all the righteous people and Jesus are able to crush the serpent's head. So and that's where you get the power uh, and authority. Sin is crouching at your door. We saw that in Genesis yeah. four, right? So that was that's kind of what got Cain. Cain did not have enmity with the offspring of the uh, serpent. In fact, he is kind of an offspring of the serpent, but not literal. I don't think it's a literal thing. No, and, um, it's spiritual. But they... yeah, so so they're supposed. We're supposed to kind of be. Uh, you know, I think a lot of a lot of Christians are probably. Um, you know. Maybe they they had their time where they fell into sin or whatnot, but they all they were always kind of wary of it. Um, there's a kind of a natural aversion to the satanic stuff, you know. But some people don't have that. Some people yeah. like it, you know what I mean. So a Cain is like Cain is his father was the devil, you know, his well, spiritual like father, just like my father's God. God. You know, either you hear the hearken to the voice of God or you don't. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, that's what they're talking about here. Yeah. And so we have uh, Cain, and now we got Seth, who does, who, who is, who is the seed of the woman, is part of the righteous bloodline, and and it's it's this this uh, Seth, it's Seth's uh, Noah is a descendant of Seth, and, and this uh, is now all of them were wiped out except for uh, Noah's family, but we're, we'll see that. The, King James Version, so it's, I think it's the line of Seth that men began to call the name of the Lord. So it says, on to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he was called, his name Enos. And then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. So it's tied to uh, after Seth was born. That Seth yeah, was yeah, it looks like it, yeah. So before we yeah. go on to chapter Five, I wanted to share a video of the modern day Cain and Abel. Two brothers are dead after one brother drove more than 700 miles with one goal in mind to murder his brother. As Jim Murray reports, home security footage captured the moment a man walked onto his brother's front porch and then launched his violent attack. You're watching a Cain and Abel tragedy as it unfolds. This man shows up unexpectedly at his brother's front door. Jeffrey Roberts has driven 730 miles from his home in California to get there. Then his brother Scott answers the door. The greeting is friendly. Hey, what's up? According to family members, the brothers have been estranged for a long time. For 25 seconds, they chatted on the doorstep. Suddenly, the unthinkable happens. Roberts pulls out a pistol and opens fire. He kills his own brother, just like the biblical tale of Cain and Abel. A neighbor calls 911. It sounded like gunshots. <laughs> Roberts leaves the house, ejecting a magazine from his pistol. Cops say he has plenty more. And he comes back with this, a shotgun. The gunman's path of destruction wasn't over yet. Cops say he shot his sister-in-law, then set off road flares like these inside the house to burn down his brother's home. 
When police pull up, there's a Wild West shootout. And the gunman paid with his life. It just escalates to crazy amount of violence. Initial murder was just with the rock and he got jealous. But now they're murdering people in most horrendous ways as possible. Modern day Cain and Abel. Yeah. <laughs> wow. The story never stopped. Yeah. Nothing new under the sun. So now we can do chapter five, which is the genealogy from Adam. And I do have a clip for this too, to kind of showcase how they're teaching people of origins of man versus what's talked about here. And I kind of made up some notes that I wanted to go over. Chapter five, verse one, this is the book of the generation. Wait, this is the book of the generations of Adam. It's interesting how, see, it's, we already we already had some information about Adam's descendants, right? But now they're kind of like starting over and saying like these are, this is his real these are his 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 real descendants. Like these are the descendants that it's almost like they're a little bit more uh, important or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's kind of recapping the history that's already been developed because then he will start uh, going back to what he said in Genesis one. Uh, in the next verse there. So he's kind of... But it focuses on Seth. Yeah. The, the, the kind of the... Um, some people say this is like the elect and the non-elect and all that. In the day when God created man, he made him in the likeness of God or the image of God. Or, yeah, likeness of God. And uh, he created them male and female. He blessed them and called them mankind in the day when they were created or man when they were created. Yeah. So may, there you go again, male, male and female, he created them, right? Yeah. And they're trying to, you know, when they change the pronoun, them, to mean one person, then you have a slightly different interpretation. Of <laughs> yeah, well, look how long ago this was written, and now we're living out this very verse. Like, they're, you know, Satan has twisted it to now that it's become a controversy, and, you know, people can get fined now you know they're changing laws <laughs> yeah. you don't call them what they want oh, to call them, they're going to be persecuted that's just so insane it's so it's it's stupid and evil you know what i mean like there's just so you just see it around you like you're just like i can't even believe people are this stupid and evil but they are you know so i think they're kind of blinded or something there's just something wrong with people you know yeah well um, it's kind of like you know, from these stories, the sin is just multiplied, multiplied, multiplied to a crazy, insane level. So I think it's just, yeah. like, if we are towards the end of, hum you know, human history, then it's kind of fitting. Like, we're all going to represent basically Satan instead of God by the time it's over. Image of the beast. Yeah. Adam so, lived. Oh, do you want to say anything well, more about that? Well, in the King James Version, it said they call their name Adam. So Adam must mean mankind, right? Yeah, it does. Human. Human. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Adam, in, Adam in Hebrew. Yeah. So it is both his name and the name of uh, the race of people, you know, the human beings. We, so yeah. it's like his name was human. You know, hey, human, how are you doing? So we're all <laughs> Adams, basically, then, right? As a collective body. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Uh, and I, Adama means uh, clay. Clay? Adama. Yeah, like dirt, you know, from the ground, because he's made from the ground. Ah, well, that's true. So that's kind of um, all fitting. Adama, yeah. And uh, so he lived, Adam, 
lived 130 years and became the father of a son in his own likeness, after his own image, and called his name Seth. So how come they didn't mention Cain and Abel there? Well, I think because they already did mention them. Yeah. But it is interesting. It says this is the book of the generations, and they call these the uh, Toledot. And yeah, it's, it's just kind of how they organize the book of Genesis. It's all kind of based around these these this group of people, and then there's another group of people based on this guy's descendants, like all these uh, early early fathers, the patriarchs. Here's Adam's descendants, and then the Noah. Here's Noah's descendants and Abraham's descendants. There's something kind else, of... a little fishy here. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know they covered that story, but it's it's the way like it's saying like Adam lived 130 years and became a father of a son in his own likeness. So like uh, Cain and Abel were not in his likeness. Like after no, his likeness, yeah, called his name Seth. After his own image and called it. So, I mean, I know they existed. We already covered that. But I think if we're just starting from a generation of Adam, at least should have mentioned that he had It almost died. seems like this is maybe a separate uh, book. I mean, it says it right here. This is the book, the Sefer. This is the Sefer of, uh, it's almost like this is a little, uh, a different, this comes from a different source or something. You know what I mean? Um, well, also, but I think ignoring yeah. the line of Cain altogether. Like, we got to think about the theological point as well. Of this, this really, I think, go, I think this belongs together up to Genesis six, verse eight, and, and kind of it's related. But this is, um, I think, it's just kind of a different point of view of the same thing, and highlighting, you know, chapter four was kind of about the wicked people. Yeah, and the unrighteous people, and now we're getting back to the story, the real storyline of the Bible, and the uh, the Book of Genesis has the certain main characters, and these guys are the descendants, or, or you know Abraham. It's making a point of Seth line and kind of ignoring Seth line. Yeah, Abel and, and goes to Noah. They're connecting this to Noah. See this this yeah. ties into the story of Noah. Right. Noah, Noah comes from this line. So this is kind of setting up Noah is really what's happening here. Um, so no, it's a, it's, it's, it is a, uh, it's a topic of interest uh, for sure. People okay. will, then pe people will use this for the serpent seed and say, oh, look, see, see here, Seth was a human, mm -hmm. but Cain, Cain was not even human. You know, they'll say stuff like that. Uh, no, I don't go as far as that. But I think that. <laughs> God was trying to differentiate between the wheat and the tear. So he's now showing the Seth line where eventually Jesus is going to come out. It's like the family tree started, you know, and all the branches kind of go in their separate ways. So we've already covered two branches. One was pruned off. One was going in, you know, all the evil direction where murders, even his son Lamech was murdering for no reason. And now we have the righteous path where it's kind of making a point here that it was after his own image and he named Seth. And we're carrying on this genealogy from Seth. Yeah, and it may have been like a family tree. Like you said, the um, you know, it literally says right here, this is the book of the generations of Adam. So it could have been back then they were writing these things down, right? Keeping track of these genealogies. And then that fell into the hands of the writer of Genesis. And he kind of put it in here. Like they must have had early written sources of some of these things. 
that later on, um, you know, Moses or uh, the final writer of Genesis would have used, could have used various documents. And that's a whole, that's a whole discipline in and of itself to uh, talk about where these different documents came from and all that, or how the Bible got put together. But uh, anyway, yeah. um, so there's yeah. Seth. So the days of Adam after he became the father of Seth were 800 years and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. Mm. Okay. So now we're getting on to Seth here. Um, yeah. So I think they're just getting back on track on the main genealogies of the people that we're going to see in this, uh, in the rest of the, the story here. Line. Yeah. Seth lived 105 years and became the father of Enosh. Seth lived after the birth of Enosh. 807 years and had other sons and daughters so all the days of seth were 912 years and he died so you can see how this is just it's kind of like a list of names and dates right and uh they're they're uh, how long they lived and when they had their children so it, it's just it's really not um that interesting to to read necessarily but it, it seems like people would have written these things down and kept track and you can see this is history right it's presented to us as real people and the readers of genesis would have wanted to know where they came from and who their ancestors were enosh and lived even, 90 even to us because although it's not all that interesting just but you know it does give exact years of how long they lived so you can yeah 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 they're not making stuff up yeah yeah yeah, Enosh lived 90 years, became the father of Canaan. Enosh lived after the birth of Canaan 815 years and had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enosh were 905 years and he died. Canaan lived 70 years and became the father of Mahalel. Canaan lived after the birth of Mahalel 840 years and had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Canaan were 910 years and he died. So it's very specific years, right? Yeah. And uh, and I mean, just think if you're like 900 years old, you might kind of lose track of how old you are. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <How laughs> I mean, it happens to me old? sometimes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think after 50, I kind of <laughs> lost it there. But these guys, <laughs> you know, if they're living past 100, 200, 300, how do they know? <laughs> 910 years you know like wh which calendar do you keep marking off 900 times because today we have computers like i i do forget my age sometimes so i have to like go back and calculate i think that happened like two years ago i didn't know how old i was uh, okay all right so one more Ma mahalil lived 65 years and became the father of jared now, Jared is kind of a significant character here. Mahalel lived after the birth of Jared 830 years and had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Mahalel were 895 years and he died. Jared lived 162 years and became the father of Enoch. All right. So there's the there's the good there's the famous Enoch right here. Yeah. This is the Jared lived after the birth of Enoch 800 years and had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Jared were 962 years and he died. Enoch lived 65 years and became the father of Methuselah. Enoch, oh, this is interesting here. Enoch walked with God after the birth of Methuselah for 300 years and had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and then he was no more because God took him. The first rapture. 
So he he only got to spend I don't know. years. Well, how does God take him other than just take him? I mean, it doesn't say he died. So he must have been alive. Transferred. The Greek word means uh, transfer, transferred from one place to another. <laughs> well, he traveled to God. In fact, in fact, some translations say translated. So, but it means tra yeah, transfer. He transferred from one place to another. Um, translated. That, that's probably King James, right? Translated. He was translated. Some other version. King, There's different words for that verse. King James um, version said, "Enoch walked with God, and he was uh, not." He took him. God I know there's a, there's a version out there that says that he was translated, which I think just means transferred. But the Greek the Greek used there is uh, translate transferred. But yeah, yeah. He took him. Probably went to heaven. I guess, huh? Well, yeah, um, he was with God. They were friends. He liked them. He walked with God. Yeah, and that's where, you know, the book of Enoch is uh, kind of about that. But is it true or not? You know, I, it's hard to tell. You know what I mean? It's an uh, interesting but, book, uh, at least for some background. Yeah. But God didn't put too much details about all the esoteric stuff like the Enoch goes into. Yeah, you got to be careful with, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, we get all the details in these other books, but that's... You know, how do you know those details are correct? Like the book of right. Jubilees and Jasher, I think those are um, those are basically fictional stories, I think. And they filled in the blanks with, uh, they just made a bunch of stuff up based on tradition. I think the all that other you know, stuff, they made, yeah, they made stuff up because I read the book of Adam and Eve. Um, oh, yeah, I oh read that. God. That's That's a pretty wild book. That's a crazy but, uh, book. And because yeah. in that book, I didn't get very far because I couldn't stand reading it that the way because <laughs> they kept making like uh adam and Eve would die as they're like whenever they ventured out did something they died and then they were resurrected back up they died and they resurrected mm. back up to me is complete false made-up story because god said yeah look man is to die once kind of like holly like a hollywood version of yeah. uh the Bible, like they're all, they always twist it. In fact, there's that book, uh, there's that movie with uh, Russell Crowe about Noah. Yeah, I saw. And, uh, I mean, that's a very interesting movie, actually. But it's 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 very. Uh, it's live. You know, yeah. It's different. They have a very different take on on it. Very actually. angry Noah. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's the whole job of Hollywood because they actually take whatever the real verses say and then they twist it slightly or you know they have the serpent see in that movie there's a snake imagery like the snake will be right next to a, a seed so they're yeah. they're giving you blatant serpent seed stuff in that movie um but yeah so enoch i mean and enoch is you know he is mentioned elsewhere in the bible you know but it's this it's this so we don't like you know the bible doesn't always give us all the details see see we're the ones who want all the details in kind of a greedy way yeah. And um sometimes you just got to trust God, you know? Sometimes it's like we don't need all the details and then someone comes up with a book and says, "Here, oh, here's all the details." Yeah. It's like, "Well, okay, is this true or not? I, I don't know." Well, I feel like even if he gave us the details, it would become more twisted and crazy because this is all would be like supernatural stuff that he's giving details. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there might be some um, you know, you just have to have to use your discernment. With, with these extra biblical books yeah. that talk about some of this stuff, you know, they're, they're all based on the Bible, but, um, you know, you ever heard of a doctrine called the four corners of a document? Like, um, 
you, in law, they said that, you know, you can only explain things that are within the construct of the four corners of the document. And if there's anything outside of that, that it can only, if it helps, um, maybe it'll be considered, but if it contradicts, it cannot be considered. So like all these extra books, yeah. it helps to explain what's there. But if it starts going off into tangents, that's not in here. Yeah. Then, yeah. you know, it can't be true. Yeah. I mean, the book of Enoch, I don't think is, there's, I don't think there's anything heretical in that or anything like that. Um, and there's nothing contradictory, it, but it's just, um, you know, you well, just it expands on the Bible though. So we don't really know if any of that's true. Like yeah. I like the stories. I, I would love to know that it's the watchers and, you know, the fallen angel stories, all that crazy stuff. But well, that's in the Bible, that part. <laughs> I mean, not to the expanded part, what Enoch says, right? So yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see that in Genesis six. Yeah, um, Methuselah uh, lived one hundred and eighty-seven years and became the father of Lamech. Now that's the same name. See, a lot of these names are similar or the same that we saw before. Yeah, Methuselah lived after the birth of Lamech seven hundred and eighty-two years and had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Methuselah were nine hundred and sixty-nine years, and he died. Lamech lived 182 years and had a son. He named his son Noah. Oh, there's Noah yeah. saying, this one will comfort us. This is kind of interesting here. This one will comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. Now, what does that mean? That's kind of a strange uh, little verse that nobody notices. You know what I mean? But um, Is it going to mean that Noah is kind of like the redemption plan, but then they all die anyway? So, out of the ground, in ESV, it says, out of the ground that the Lord has cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. I think that's what they were expecting. Maybe, yeah. But yeah, it helped help Mac and all the people because only his family line survived the flood. So maybe. Yeah, so, yeah I'm not sure that that even happened. You know what I mean? Well, it did future prophecy. No, I don't know if Noah did. Yeah, I don't know if Noah did that though. Well, Maybe that's some kind of prophetic typology because yeah. Jesus does that, or in, in the future, I think. Yeah, I I, it's not really happened yet necessarily. Maybe that's a future eschatology kind of thing where the new heavens and the new earth—that's what's going to happen. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. I think it's a prophecy that's going to come through Noah's line. Which would be Jesus eventually. This is like, will comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because the ground the Lord has cursed, which already in Genesis two or three, he cursed. Uh, you know what it is? I, I think the name Noah means rest. Rest, right? That's why they, it says, um, they, see, they kind of explain his name. That, they're explaining the meaning of his name. He yeah. named his son Noah because Noah means rest, or it kind of almost means rest. So this one will, you know, we're, we're going to get rest from our work and that kind of, it's a hope, expressing hope for for some kind of uh, a better life, you know, mm -hmm. um, because of this curse. The ground was cursed. So this one is uh, the hope for a, a rest. So Which maybe does it's happen just towards the hope. end, but not for these guys. They're toast. Yeah, I'm not sure that he... Uh, and that's another thing before I forget. Well, this is, is this the end of it? Verse 32? Yeah. Noah was 500 years old, and he became the father of Shem, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. 
Yes. And these, wow. yeah, these four guys and their wives survived on the ark. Now, here's the thing. So if these Sethites were so righteous, all of them died in the flood too, right? Uh, you mean after except Noah? Except for Noah. Except for Noah, except for these eight people. All yeah, the other and hundreds and thousands and millions of people, even other other descendants of Seth were not all, did not survive the flood. And I think a lot of these guys, I did this once a long time ago. If you do the math and their ages, you can see a lot of them died in, like, in the flood. They lived up to the point of the flood. Yeah, they all died. died. Every single one of them before Noah yeah, so they weren't all that righteous necessarily. So, so people say, "Oh, the line of Seth were were the you know righteous people." Yeah. Well, only eight of them. Really, only Noah was righteous, and then his his family kind of uh, were you know he, they were not necessarily righteous either. These, his family. These, these guys didn't die because of the flood. They died out their natural. Well, I think some of them did die in the flood, if you do the math. Um, I a long time ago I looked into that. Okay, um, that's probably yeah, yeah. At least at least some of them, yeah, yeah. You because you can see we don't need to get into that now. It's kind of yeah. detailed and specific, but uh, some of them did die in the flood, actually. Well, that, um, that would be maybe whoever's was living at the same time as Noah, maybe like Lamech, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, because they all lived like 900 years old and all that stuff. So they, uh, and the flood wasn't uh, too much longer after the end of this uh, chapter here. And then, you know, chapter six, which is, uh, you know, that's where it gets really interesting. It picks up, it's a continuation of this narrative. So we've just introduced, so I think the whole point of chapter five is to kind of introduce Noah. Noah comes from, you know, he's a descendant of Adam and Seth and these guys. And, yeah, um, life starts all over again. No more Adam and Eve and descendants is now Noah and his descendants come chapter. Yeah, six. it's a Toledo. They call it the generations of Noah. Yeah. And uh, it kind of picks up again. In fact, it's Genesis 6, verse 9. It says, these are the generations of Noah. So they kind of start the Noah story. But Genesis 1 through 8, there's lots of crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. That baffle, still baffle people to this day, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I don't know if you want to do this chapter six next time. I think maybe, maybe that's a whole other thing, because that's a that's a yeah, that's probably right. deserves its own. Chapter six, I think we could do a whole episode. Just on that. Just on yeah, and maybe I don't know, maybe we could finish the whole flood story. Maybe we could do the whole flood story as well. Yeah. Because that, that story goes on th up through uh I chapter eight yep six through eight easily and uh i don't know if we could fit all that in one show maybe six seven and eight maybe yeah. we could try yeah because we can kind of go thematically if you want because a lot of these uh stories cover many chapters and if we only do one chapter a week it will be here 20 years and i don't think i don't uh, know if the yeah. world's gonna lit, go there. on that long <laughs> i don't know if i'll be here yeah. That long. <laughs> I don't either. I know for sure that I'm going to have issues. Um, well, I have one last video to share on the human origins, just to kind of go with chapter five genealogy and contrast that, um, what we just discussed. So, and then that'll be it for chapter five. So this is yeah, a so. secular's version of how man, but pay attention to like, how they describe the time frame of all this. 
You might think that humans evolved from apes, such as gorillas and chimps, but you're wrong. Humans did not evolve from apes, but share a common ancestor that lived millions of years ago. We're not sure who this ancestor was, but we do know they diverged over time to form different species of hominin. A hominin is anything that's more closely related to humans than it is to other apes. And there are characteristics in all hominins that we see, such as small canines, which if you look at other apes, they have very large, kind of pointy, kind of like canines. We have ones that are more kind of shape and small. And of course, the other weird thing about humans is that we walk on two feet evidently all the time. So other apes do sometimes walk on two feet, like if they're wading through water or they're carrying things, but we do it all the time. There are thousands of fossils documenting progressively more human-like species over time. One of the most famous is Lucy, a collection of Australopithecus afarensis bone fossils discovered in 1974. She lived in Ethiopia 3.2 million years ago. Australopithecines, like her, are the earliest undisputed members of our lineage to regularly walk upright. But as far as we know, the earliest fossils that we have, for which people have argued that they are hominins, more closely related to us, go back about 7 million years. We have a much better fossil record starting from about 4 million years ago. And this, at this point, we see hominins, we see organisms that definitely are bipedal. These all come from Africa. Most of them come from East Africa, but a lot of them come from South Africa as well. So there are additional early Homo sapiens fossils from East Africa dating about 200,000 years ago, and others from the site dating 160. So we know that at least in this 160 to 300,000 year time period, we have Homo sapiens. While it is likely humans might have originated in Africa, they eventually ended up spreading across the globe. And it wasn't just us, aka Homo sapiens, either. There were other species of hominin thousands of years ago, including the famous Neanderthal. But these other hominins all died out. And eventually, modern humans leave Africa perhaps around 100,000 years ago. And then there's subsequent dispersals 60,000 years ago that looks like it may have led to Australia and places in Asia. And then one maybe 50,000 years ago, a little bit later, where these homo sapiens move into Europe. But there's points where you have three hominin species living at the same time. There are points where there's two species. And it's not until about 30, 40,000 years ago that you just have one. So we've been this species for Human evolution still continues, though it is hard to perceive. With rapid advancements in technology, in the future, we might be able to decide exactly how we evolve. So the interesting part is, in, you know, not only the craziness of different types of humans, so there were more than one species, and then, of course, millions of years away they did it, but then at the very end, uh, they said that, you know, we're now in control of how to evolve instead of... Yep. Um, we're evolving into uh, into godhood because there's no god in that worldview either, right? Yeah. So it's it's kind of our job is to uh, to recreate humanity and improve upon it and and solve all the problems in the world and manage it, uh, you know, uh, efficiently, like a like some kind of factory or something. You yeah, know? I kind of made some notes on like humans didn't. You know, because they said humans evolved out of Africa. Uh, well, story of Genesis puts the Garden of Eden somewhere in the Middle East, not in Africa. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just amazing all this the science and it's taught in um, you know if you think about schools, it's basically uh, an indoctrination center, and there's so much peer pressure. And if you question the narrative, you're basically ostracized. You know. Of, yeah. Uh, evolution whatever the narrative is the whole cause cosmology and you got to realize the cosmology they told us is just as fictional as what we just saw in that video you yeah. know what i mean and, and that's it's really amazing how much and most christians have no idea how much deception is going on in this world today we're deceived more than we could possibly imagine this whole culture i don't know if i can say this on certain platforms but uh, this whole culture is is based on deceiving people and uh, getting us to and it's it's all the serpent you know getting us to do uh, unethical things immoral things and accept to, it um, that's the thing they want as good, as good. making us accept it 
like the trans woman in Netherlands that just won the world uh, the beauty contest. That's the way it's always been, but they're just, they're just being open about it now. It's it's always been like that. (laughs) They've always been like this. We just, they just didn't tell us. Now they're telling us because now people will accept it. Yeah. And the other thing was that was, you know, how they do the bone studies, like they're always looking for bones, but Adam and Eve were made from dust. So all the bones were really after Adam and Eve and their descendants died. So they're like, they're trying to trace the original bones, you know, and they have different theories, whether we came from aliens or evolved or whatever. Mm. But I, I just always, and they're doing this carbon dating of like, so the whole science of carbon dating and how they analyze bones is completely false. Um, and uh, and di- you know, there's no if you go to a museum and look at the dinosaurs, none yeah. of them are actually the real bones of the dinosaur, and they'll tell you that too. They'll say, "Well, these are models, and where are the real bones? Oh, they're in some warehouse in the back, you know, but nobody can go see them. <laughs> like there's no yeah. there's no evidence. There's no evidence." Of real dinosaur bones. Yeah, it's like I, even in the museum close by here, you know, they had a huge. Oh, yeah, I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> they got the mask oh, yeah. on that thing. As a child, as a child, I went there as a child to get brainwashed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a school, a field trip. They took us there to brainwash the children. Oh my gosh, I see that. <laughs> There's loads of kids that come by and then they're now bringing them to the pride festivals. Like little teeny kids. It's all the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They take kids to the Pride Festival. Yeah. Can you? So they were calling it family festivals, but they were all Pride. Wow. Family festival. There you go. See, they're pretty clever at this, aren't they? Yeah. And And then they have the flag because the flag is the 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 national flag is the the, uh, that flag, and that's the. because it's a new kingdom. It's that's the kingdom flag of the kingdom. Which they stole from God. So Noah's story. When we talk about that, the rainbow. That's going to hey, be uh, important. Do, I don't know if you want to get into this, but um, I do. Have, there's three verses in the New Testament talk about Cain. Yeah, we looked at one already. We looked at the one in Hebrews. Um, now there's one in Jude. Jude eleven. Jude verse eleven. Uh, Jude oh, verse eleven. This was There's a, only one chapter in Jude. Of all the, oh. somebody did all this charting stuff. What is that? This is the. Oh, yeah, charts. Yeah, yeah. infographics. Yeah. Family tree. There you go. Cool. Yeah. So if somebody wants to look that up, they can. But the chapter, what was the verse? Uh, Jude. Jude. Uh, I think you can just put Jude 11 because there's only one chapter in Jude. Jude is a half brother of Jesus, by the way. Jude eleven. In fact, well, yeah, I'll 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 pull it up here too, because um, I like to look at the context. Um, Jude Jude has a couple things about what we just read, more than just one thing. So, so verse eleven, woe to them, for they walked in the ways of Cain, and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. So he's basically just talking about rebellious people there. So um, Cain running after different gods. So for gone the way of Cain have run greedily. So that means Cain was greedy after yeah. the error of Balaam. Greedy, yeah, yeah. Balaam. That's a whole. That's a different story. Don't need to get into that necessarily. But Balaam, uh, yeah, for and a Korah's reward. rebellion. 
Yeah, and, and then actually it goes on in, um, in uh, verse 14. It was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and convict all the ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that ungodly ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So uh, anyway, so there's Enoch mentioned in uh, the Bible. And uh, yeah, the seventh, the seventh son from yeah, Adam. In this last verse here, these men were grumblers, complainers, and walked after their own lusts. Their mouths speak arrogant words, and they were flatter others to get yeah. it. Yeah, so Enoch is prophesying. So Enoch is a prophet in um, talking about these evil, these wicked people like Cain. Yeah. But notice this quote here, it comes from the book of Enoch, you know. So they are kind of quoting the book of Enoch. People try to uh, explain that away somehow, but I think that is a quote from Enoch. Well, if um, that's the case, if it actually comes from Enoch, then maybe God yeah. wanted, there is a, Enoch is a legitimate book. Well, not necessarily, not necessarily. At, le at least Enoch was a prophet, and this section of prophecy was considered legitimate enough to put in the Bible. It doesn't mean the entire book of Enoch is canonical. That's mm -hmm. kind of a, a, a logical fallacy, if you you know, a little bit going a little bit too far. But, but the uh, only I'm pretty thing conservative. Is, though, if you take a truth from a false book. I don't see God doing that. So it's either Paul. Paul quoted some uh, Greek philosophers actually to make a point because he's you know it depends on the context. Like if you're talking to uh, if Paul was talking to Greek people, he could use a Greek philosopher to make his point to that audience. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that Greek philosopher is uh, authorized that the book written by the Greek philosopher is authorized canon. It just means that Paul is using that to make a point. You right. I mean? So if you're using it to make a point, then people are going to go to the source. Yeah, so, but it doesn't mean the whole source is canonical. You know what I mean? So, no, so they're yeah. yeah. So, so they're making a point with Enoch, and that book was around when the New Testament was written. The book is real. It's a real book. Yeah. And it was around, and people read it. So it, it did influence some of these writings, and, and you also see this in uh, there's, there's there's something in. Uh, one Peter um, about that, but we don't have to go there now. But now, if you want this, um, John one John three eight. I think this might be a good way to summarize it, and it's and go eight to like just do the put up the whole chapter or something because uh, one John three. Yeah, there you go. And then we're going to start at verse eight. So this kind of goes back to the serpent seed kind of thing, and I think it kind of shows us what that's all about. Verse 8, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, mm -hmm. for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. So, so who's the Son of, who's the, who's the, uh, who's of the devil? Like the, the other verse said, uh, Cain was of, of, of the, of the devil and all these things. Um, who makes a practice of sinning? Not just anyone who kind of sins, but anyone who makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, right? That's the serpent seed right there. So the one who doesn't right? repent, like we all sin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, and that one one John is one of my favorite parts of the Bible. This whole book, yeah. but uh, no one born. So it's no one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. So again, there's the seed, right? 
Yeah. And is this a physical genetic seed they're talking about? No, they're talking about what we do, our practice of sinning, born of God. Does that, you know, there's, there's a re, uh, born again, right? Reborn. Yeah, born again. And that's not a genetic thing. We're, we, we're not literally reborn, right? Well, we spiritually it's not reborn. a genetic thing because then that would yeah. not help save anyone, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we can change. We can go from right. being, we can go from being someone who practices, uh, makes a sin a, a habit or practice sinning. We can go from that to something different, right? We can be born of God. Yeah. So um, even all the stuff that, you know, the sin stuff that goes on today, if people repent, they can be redeemed and become. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So God's seed can re abide in us no matter who you are if you repent. Right. Uh, he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this, is it, it is evident who are the children of God or the seed of God, right? Mm -hmm. And who are the children of the devil, <laughs> right? Yeah. There it is. There's the children of God and the children of the devil. It's right there. The serpent seed theme is there. So the serpent seed theme is all throughout the Bible, but it's not a genetic thing, according to this. That's the way I see this, at least. No, it's definitely you know? not genetic, because then there would be no reason yeah. for Jesus then. If that's there'd be no repentance. Yeah, there'd be no way to change uh, what you are. You know, you're no right. way to change. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. There it is right there. It's like yeah. defining what it is right here. Nor, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. And that's Cain and his yeah, uh, descendants, so basically. And then a couple more verses here. Then Cain will be mentioned, actually. Verse 11, for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. And I think that's talking about uh, the the new covenant, the, the Christian message yeah. Uh, we should not be like Cain. There's Cain right there. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one. And so it's not genetic. It's of what he just said. It's because yeah. he was a sinner, right? He practiced sinning, and he was not practicing righteousness. And we saw that by the way he made that offering. Um, he was of the evil one. He was of the devil and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because Why? Here's the answer. Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. There it is. Then do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you, just like Cain hated Abel. Yeah. Because he was righteous. The unrighteous hate the righteous. And it doesn't mean like we're good or something. It means like we're, uh, it, it really what it means is you're in covenant with God. You're in covenant or you're not in covenant with God. And the only way to be in covenant now is through Jesus. Yeah, if you uh, read on, it yeah. says, know that we pass from death to life because we love the brothers. So that's not what Cain was able to do. <laughs> he hated his brother. He killed his brother. He did not love his brother. Yeah. And then it says, hey, verse 15, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Yeah. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Yeah. No, one John, and yeah, it's one of my favorite books in the Bible. Is it quite simple? I can actually read this in Greek. It's the only book I can read in Greek because I'm I'm beginner in Greek, so I'm not bragging. I'm everyone mm. knows this is the easiest book to read in Greek, and that's where I'm at now with my Greek. But it's a, it's amazing book, uh, and it's so simple but so clear and easy to understand. Yeah, it's so foundational. Like like the whole a lot of new you know if you're new to this Bible stuff, read one John, and it, it all makes it pretty clear. You know, uh, and it ties the story of Cain very well. Oh, yeah. It, 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 
Yeah, it, that, that's kind of a commentary on Cain yeah. and what that story is all about and how it applies to us today. You know? And it says, whoever and, uh, does not love his brother remains in death. So that kind of still applies to everything that's going on today. That without love, they're already, uh, they stay in death. They have no life. Yeah, yeah. No, this is a this is a great little book. Uh, only five chapters in it. Yeah, uh, well, I can't wait to get to this. I kind of wish we were doing parallel Old Testament and New Testament. Um, well, we, you know, we can. I mean, I like to look at what does the New Testament say about these Old Testament passages. I think that's important to do. So that's kind of what we, you know. We'll probably uh, keep doing that when we can. Yeah, because you know, you know, um, you know when I was younger somebody did ask me that question and I didn't have the answer then because I probably didn't read far enough, but it's good that we're now making those connections as we go. So that was good. We covered a lot today, two books. Yay. Um, so we're going to try to cover yeah. maybe three next time. The whole story. All right. Oh, uh. All right. Yeah. Well, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. I'll probably, um, yeah, do a little uh, more research. I used to look into Genesis six a lot you know, five or five or eight years ago and uh, may have to refresh my memory a little bit. Uh, yeah, that would be great because um, I haven't even read it in a while. All I know is that big story, the big flood that killed everything and then started. Yeah, well, you got this, you know, you got that Nephilim, the Nephilim yeah. do show up. That's a Hebrew word that's in the Bible and the Nephilim show up and uh, and then you got the flood. So that's a huge, uh, huge, uh, important, it's very important part of the bible exciting okay well until next time thank you so much all right thanks a lot have and a see you guys next time have a yeah. great week bye right. bye-bye